Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Ripple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're continuing our series on building enterprising teams. And we've been looking for the past couple of weeks at certain core themes and principles that really undergird an enterprising team, a team that functions, that makes progress, that is thriving. Exactly. We don't need merely to work alongside each other. We want to thrive and exponentially increase what we're doing, both on the amount of work we're willing to do and the amount of passion and energy we get out of going to work. And we started with talking about trust. Last week, we talked about communication. And today we're discussing learning. I think learning is an interesting one to have here in our core. And if you're going to bring people together and you're going to call people your primary asset, their creativity, their genius, their hard work, their bodies, they're going to bring the whole thing to the table. You want them to be always learning. You want them to be lifelong learners. Now, and part of what I've heard you say in the past about learning is that learning motivates people. Well, we are, by definition, changing, developing beings. We mature over time. We become more. So if we do same old, same old for too long, we will bore. We will run out of energy. We will, worst case scenario, slip into depression. But we don't want change for change's sake. We want to develop. We want to expand. That could take the form of new responsibilities or a shift in role or moving into other fields. Now, there are some professions where a kind of a a learning is sort of built in. Like, let's say if you're a lawyer or a doctor or just certain professions where you sort of have to keep on top of the latest thing. I feel like this is so threatening to employers to have people learn. It's almost as if we want to keep them where they are so that they don't, you know, get better than us or move on. People get competent. People get competent. They're doing something well. You know, if you had somebody new, you'd have the learning curve to deal with. You don't know if they would be as good as the current person. So when that current stable, efficient, effective person um, starts talking to you about promotion or change, it's like, well, that just is totally fear arousing because you don't know if you're going to be able to replace them and you don't want to take that chance. So you think you can hold on to them by keeping them in their place, but you are deceiving yourself. In today's employment world, you will just lose them. I promise you, you will lose them. So what we want is we want to take that into account. We want to just take starting point that I value these people. You know, that's the other thing that's missing in, in your scenario is there isn't a real value of the people. There's a kind of the enemy attitude where that I need to use them for as much as I can get out of them, that they don't matter. Well, and it seems to me that it would be a financially sound decision or a sound decision whether or not it comes to profits or not, that your people are experts in what you do so that you would get them training, learning, schooling that would make them better, more efficient, more productive. Exactly. Exactly. Now, where people kind of go, whoa, I don't know if I want to do that, is, you know, they pay for the, let's say it's something like credentialing or a degree or advanced education that's a sizable investment. They put out all this money for this person and this education and the person, that position that such a credential would qualify them for isn't available in the firm and they move somewhere else. And they feel that's lost money out the window, gone. But there the problem is not looking at learning or equipping people to stay on top of their professional game. There we're not, really not looking at the enterprising team as a whole. 
So again, you aren't building in these other, these other factors of trust and communication where people want to be a part of the shared purpose with each other. You aren't in the enterprise together to see it through. You create that kind of culture. And then, though you cannot eliminate the risk of people moving off to other positions in other firms, even competitors' firms, you can greatly reduce it if it really matters that they're a part of the team and they have something at stake in seeing the purpose be accomplished. So these things need to be held together. And where I want to take this is I want to go back to power as this problem with leaders, the use of power and um, having more than others. So when we talk about learning, we're not saying, okay, I have power, I'm going to let you take a class, or you need to stay on top of your game. It, It more has to do with this posture of learning, that we are all learners. That includes me, if I am that leader or that supervisor. So that in how we relate to each other, it's not I'm over you or I know more than you. It's that we're the table's more even and we all have this learning posture. We're all committed to staying on top of our professional game because unless we do in these changing times where technology can change dramatically in short periods of time, you know, we could just be out. So both for that advantage and for what it does as your posture, professionals among professionals, in spite of who has the power, it's important that we all have this attitude of being lifelong learners. Well, and again, I I would imagine that this is a very important principle to model. Exactly. That's going to be our starting point. That's our new starting point. You first. You're in charge. If you own it, you first. It, It just has to be that way because that's what brings credibility to the process and both models it and creates that space for trust for those with less power to go ahead and put themselves out there. Well, and the attitude of learning is particularly important when you are learning to work with other people. Everyone's different. It's not going to go well. What you think you're just stating some facts someone else takes personally, and all of a sudden you've got an interpersonal problem. So yes, you need this attitude of being attentive and watching what's going on and adjusting quickly. We need each other when we're working as a team and somebody fails or betrays or lets down or doesn't do their job, something has to be done with that failure. Now, do we just fire people every time? Do we discipline? Is that our only solution for when something goes wrong? Or can we learn from it. I've heard you say that in our other podcasts that we want to create an atmosphere where that we redeem failure and learning from failure is a way to redeem it instead of just sort of judging and going to that negative conclusion to actually learn from it. Exactly. So even to do judging, even to need the need to draw conclusions is to set yourself against your employees, against your team. So, but to say, what can we learn from this? We're using we, we're all in it together. We've got this problem. How are we going to solve it? You know, there's trust, there's communication going on. And now if we include learning in there, we're going to be able to turn it into something that will help us move forward. Well, and that I can just imagine if you are in an environment where you are learning from your failure, that just, again, in this kind of circular way we've been looking at this, it builds trust. It builds trust. So we have this safe place. So let's kind of just put our little mosaic together here. We have the safe place where those with more power are not using it against us, but it's kind of this level place and they're going first, they're leading the way. And so when I want to throw myself in, 
I will take that risk. I, I am valued. It's, there's a place for it. And my risk may backfire. It's not going to cost me my job. So we're going for it. Well, you get this going on with you know two people, three, then four, however many people are on your team. That effort starts multiplying exponentially. And what you can do together, what you can accomplish, where the imagination can go. Because all those issues, all those problems to get taken off the table and all your attention and your energy can be on your common purpose. Well, I'm certainly impressed by just how these things that seem so um, basic can really have such a lasting impact and how people come alive at work or, or just work together. Now all we got to do is have the stuff hit the ground, play itself out in different ways of interact with each other. And we'll address that next week. Next week, we'll be talking about what we have termed a bias toward action. We want these principles to actually be a part of your practical daily strategy in the workplace, not just techniquing or a management speak. Exactly. So we invite you to join us next week for the conclusion of our series on building enterprising teams. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.